Hi, you're listening to The Whole Podcast with Becky Alcantar. And this season, we are talking about marriage. Do you remember your marriage vows? Every ceremony, depending on your faith background, probably went something like this. I take you to be my lawfully wedded spouse, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, to death to us part according to God's holy ordinance, I pledge thee my faith. And each episode, we'll be breaking down each portion of these vows with our guests. And today we are talking about for richer or poorer. And our guests today are Jason and Abby Heinrich. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hey, hello. <laughs> we are so excited to have you join us. Uh, Jason has joined us in the past for our launch series uh, when we were addressing our college kids. And actually next week, you'll be hearing uh, from a group of our college students talking about relationships and what that looks like uh, in their life. But today we're talking about marriage. And one of my first questions usually is, uh, describe the moment you knew that this was your person. This was the one that you wanted to get beside for the rest of your life. Um, And then what characteristic or quality was it about them that made you go, this is it. This is the one. Mm -hmm. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when we first met, our first our first date was at Seth's Coffee. It, was kind of, it wasn't a blind date. We'd been talking online and texting and it progressed to the official first date. And first time going in and meeting her at Seth's Coffee was uh, was pretty awesome. We had an awesome conversation. And I was like, all right, we'll go in for an hour, see how things go. It was two or three hours. And after that first date, going back to my house and thinking about how great it was, I thought, man, this is probably the one. Because I had some previous baggage and previous mm. uh, things where I, I didn't really know what I wanted for sure. Mm. And so I made a list. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to get it wrong for the next <laughs> I time. I love that. And so I had right. a list. You are a list person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the list. <laughs> I had the list. And the list was and probably 50, 60 things. It was a lot. And then there was the five non-negotiables for the good and the bad. Right? Like, I love that. Can't do, she can't have this, but can have this. And of course, no anyone you know can work. But if you can choose from the beginning, let's, let's make sure that... Uh, we're starting off on the right foot. So yeah. she not only matched all the non-negotiables, but pretty much the whole list. I'm like, all right, God, all right, this is this could be it. And then asking you shall receive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get specific. So that was on 12, 13, 14. Abby likes progression. So that was also, I think, helpful for her to uh think that think of that as a good date, I'd say. But I didn't really feel, I'd say, Becky, till I was in the hospital for a little heart scare mm. and she was there, you know, mm. for those five days. And I'm like, yep, you know, cause I'm a big acts of service guy. And then she gave everything up to be there. It was like, I already knew she was the one, but yeah. that was like, God, you, you blessed me with such an amazing person. And I love her till death do us part. And that was like, what, eight months into yeah, our relationship? August, like eight months in. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What a great test. Uh, we don't know as we're talking about these contrasts for richer or poorer in sickness and in health to have the opportunity to actually experience that and kind of test it out, right? Mm-hmm. I know we're great when everything is going great, but what about when it doesn't? Uh, does that person show up and they're able to face it with me or do they head the other way? Uh, so do they yeah. run into the fire or away from the fire? And man. We went in. Oh, yeah. It was a fire walker. <laughs> yeah. Right. As a fire walker. That's awesome. Uh, did you know, was that the moment you knew, Abby? Well, so yeah. So we met at Seth's Coffee. Great conversation. Really flowed. And I did go home um, 
that night and I said, I called my friend and I, and I said, I think I just met my husband. Um, and, but again, that might've been excitement. So it really wasn't until um, we started just really talking about, you know, what do we want out of a relationship? What are our boundaries? Jason was the first guy that I had dated who like wanted to establish boundaries, like emotional, physical, all the things and said it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, our second date was going to church, which I loved that. <laughs> it That's was awesome. like, wow, he wants to know me like at my core. Um, and so like the the fact that our cores were the same, we had different interests, different like things like that. But I knew within a few months and I was actually the first one who said, I love you mm-hmm. because I like couldn't, I just, that was what, five months in or so? Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait anymore. Um, so it was it was a fast it was a fast burn. Like I but we but it didn't burn out, you know, like it just kind of like kept building. Mm-hmm. And so I knew, I knew fairly fairly quickly that this was the guy. And it was because again, for me, conversation is the most important part. And I felt like, wow, like we are on the same page. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know that uh many couples enter in with a list um, or really looking at what are our core values and do those match? I think we look to a lot of other things uh, first. And I love that you took into your into account all of your experience and then sat down and worked through like in, you know, in Journey Hall, let's talk about taking an inventory. You literally took an inventory of here's what I've experienced so far. And so now this is what I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so important to do that before you enter into a relationship uh, because you sh- we don't want to bring in that burden to the person that we're trying to join our lives with. Yeah. But with that being said, there's definitely moments that uh, come uh, that we didn't anticipate. Uh, that we couldn't have planned for, that we need to uh, consider. And how do you prepare for those moments beforehand, right? I think we can really revel in the good times and all of the things we hope for and dream for and plan together um, and the laughter and the love. And yet uh, it's absolutely in those times that it's important for us to go, all right, but let's talk about when it goes south. Let's talk about when things pop up that we didn't anticipate or didn't see really in our own cores that now they're revealed. And so talk to me about that. Tell me about, do you feel like you've, you know, it sounds like you're both great planners. And do, would you say that you prepared yourself for those moments? Well, we did do a lot mm-hmm. of pre-marriage stuff. I mean, I feel like we were actually kind of like pre-marriage junkies, like pre-marriage, like we took, we were in multiple life groups. Yeah. We went to like- Read the books, went to Weekend Remember. We did the whole love and respect and we're the only- like engaged couples or dating couples in <laughs> yeah. these in these events. And as and we Enneagram were, threes, both of them yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like winning. We're so we're like, we we're doing it all. got this. Yep. I mean, Jason at one point was like, we should write a book. Oh yeah. And I was like, okay, Jeez. that's being a little bit too confident. It's a little naive, that. yeah. We're like seeing each other a few times a week, not married yet. Like <laughs> let's oh, write yeah, a we book. Got, let's write a book because we're so great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but we was, but we did. We were really intentional about like, okay, if we're gonna we went into it with a courting mindset, mm-hmm. you know, of like either we're gonna work or we're not gonna work. And if we are gonna work, then we're going to do all the things that we can 
to like lay the foundation, lay a strong mm-hmm. foundation and build upon that. But it really wasn't until, you know, we were married and living together mm-hmm. when you can't hide, you know, like yes. when, when we get to see each other during the during our two to three times a week, you know, you're excited. Yeah. You it's like, your best self. It's, oh, yeah. your, it's best your refreshed self. self. You're, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, you're like, we're going to go get dinner and watch yeah. a movie. And like, but then, but then when you're married, you see the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that was like, you know, we were not, I think, fully expecting that to mm-hmm. see the, the bad, the ugly, because we had seen the good, mm-hmm. the, maybe the not so good moments, but we hadn't seen like, the bad we hadn't seen the ugly mm-hmm. but so we did do a lot of prep work though like initially to to really lay out a strong foundation yeah i think maybe we do prepare for that uh we're going to prepare and all the things attend all of you know the recommended because we're trying to avoid those difficult times yeah we're mm-hmm. thinking maybe if we do all these things we can bypass that yeah. <laughs> right right yes. and then being a little disappointed when we go oh well, darn, that wasn't in the books. And maybe we can't write a book yet because there's some things we have to figure out. Yeah. And so uh, if you're so gracious to share with me, like the first moment where like you guys ran into like a knot where you're like, well, we weren't prepared for this. Mm. First moment. I'm trying to think. Well, do you, would you say job situation? Like that initially, like the the level of exhaustion? Sure, I would say, yeah, I'd say when, when we got married, so Abby being a teacher and her being a, a, a gung-ho, do-her-best perfectionist, like make sure that everything is great. Mm-hmm. And she does a great job. It, it, it was, she could hide all the extra work she was doing, um, like on the weekends or when we went to hang out and all the paper grading, all the English papers. And I didn't always know that she was doing that. So as we got married and seen this and realizing, whoa, you like you actually are always grading papers and you're like always doing lesson yeah. plans. You're yeah. always- I didn't know you were a workaholic. And overwhelmed. <laughs> and I'm yes. like, wow, that you did a great job of uh, hiding that in the beginning. Of course, I'd, you know, I hid my own stuff too. But when mm-hmm. you're married, like, babe, are you sure? Like, do you really want to do this? Like, mm. it's, this is, is this how you want the rest of our marriage to be? Because based on the way you're treating the the job and the way, you know, the, the job is for you and the way you want to do it, I don't, I don't know if uh, if you realize this. You're know, trying to be like that mirror for each other, mm-hmm. and that and that reflection. Because mm-hmm. I think she may have known it, mm-hmm. but she didn't have anyone to be there and go, "Hey, that's so good." Hello, um, are you aware of this? I mm-hmm. mean, are you are you yeah. uh, are you sure? Now, you Abby, how did you receive that? Well, it was kind of like I was caught. Mm. Cause I knew it. Caught red-handed. You know, because we would we would we would hang out even when we were dating and I'd be like, okay, I actually have to like finish grading these papers. And you know, in, as an English teacher, mm-hmm. it's it's like you're reading essays, you're reading, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, the black or white answers. Yeah. So it really was like I was caught and he was this big mirror that was held up in front of my face to to be like, and, and really he asked the question like is this what the next 30 years are going to look like? Mm. Of, yes, teaching it, teaching was like, you know, nine months of the year, but really you're working seven days a week mm. during those nine months of the year. And so it was a big, almost kind of relief, I think, for him mm. to like ask, do we, do we want to do this? Yeah. You know? That's a good indicator to me that you uh, held space well for her. 
um, and you were able to enter into those conversations in a way that she was receptive. Is that true? I see him <laughs> grinning. He's grinning at me. <laughs> I would say maybe I'm at like 20%. Uh, of, of, of a of a success rate of holding that space. <laughs> I try, I but I'm okay. Maybe fifty fifty. I think you do a great job of that. Okay. Actually, I try, but I, a lot of times it's my approach. Mm. You know, we're just very different, and I'm also. I mean, something else that's more recent that we've kind of gone through is you know, going through some um, you know marriage counseling and marriage coaching. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome the last yeah. like year and a half. It's been really really great, and especially because of how different. You know, we are, mm-hmm. you know, the guys in the girls' brains, but even more advanced, you know, I found out in the last year or so that I'm, I mentioned on the, on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so what they say is it's more of like the guy brain on steroids. You mm-hmm. It's like enhanced. So there's a lot of things I've had to learn and try to navigate and get support from that just also didn't help with our connection and our communication. communication. And even though I wanted to hold that space for her or I knew like I should, I didn't always come across the right way. I didn't always have the right approach or mm. I thought I was doing it the right way and I definitely wasn't or I didn't read the situation well being the right the right time to bring it up. But um, in those early couple of years with the teaching thing, that was really, it's their first big, big moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But again, we our response has always been to like teamwork. It's always been, we're on the same team. This mm-hmm. is something we repeat often is we're on the same team and so we fasted together about, really about my job. Like mm-hmm. we fasted together for, gosh, like probably close to like six months during that like one year. It was like year. multiple fasts. It just went from <laughs> one to the other. It was, we did. There were a lot of, uh, a lot of things like, all right, let's fast this. All right, let's add this. And let's, let's do this fast challenge because of mm. we are still not receiving answers. Mm. So fasting and, and, and praying together. Like we always... Um, we always pray. We always end mm-hmm. the day in prayer. We always start the day in prayer, mm-hmm. even when we're upset at each other. Okay. Um, so like, I think that has been, you know, a big response for in those, right. you know, poorer moments of poorer communication, poorer whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, our response has always been to pray together, which I think, you know, having, having Jesus at the center, mm-hmm. like has been so huge mm-hmm. and and really I'm like gosh how do people do that without Jesus mm-hmm. you know yeah I think um, you know it's all about setting a solid framework for us to grow together and I think that's what the term for richer for poor really is speaking to and I know we can think of it we can think of it in so many ways we can think of it as financial or emotional or physical or, or mental um, and it's in those moments am I able to provide a, a foundation have we set a foundation where I know what our, our I know where we're headed and uh, regardless of what comes up in today that that doesn't set us or derail us or set us off track um, because where you're maybe poorer today in whatever you're facing or, or experiencing or trying to get to the root of, um, can I be the one who's richer in um, providing that space for you to do that? And then how do we walk through that together? Because our job is not to fix it for each other. And I know some of us can come into our marriages with that script or that role. Um, and being high achievers, you want to definitely conquer those things. But how are we doing that in the framework of what we've set? Um, is there enough 
assurance or reassurance that I can be. And I think we keep coming back to this. I keep thinking of the garden um, and Adam and Eve, and really they were naked and unashamed. Mm -hmm. And can I be, this is the one relationship in which we were completely intimate and vulnerable and naked to one another. There's no hiding anymore. There's a mirror there. Um, And how do we do that well without feeling like we need to fix each other, um, but definitely in growing together and making it something consistent um, that we're walking through together. And so I love that for you, uh, it's communication. But I want to point out, as you guys are talking, like here in what they were saying, like uh, Jason and Abby can come across as very polished, and yet their resolution doesn't mean they don't have hard discussions. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I like <laughs> often describe like Ruben and I, when I say I invited him to leave, like you can just imagine <laughs> how that really went down. <laughs> and yet for us, it's in the past. It's something we have resolved. We can talk about it without feeling the emotions or the hurt of what we did experience in the midst of that. So I, I don't want you to be like, wow, these guys have it all together. Know that in what they're saying, they're really, Really telling you there was a lot of work involved in getting to that place and figuring out these nuts and bolts for them. But tell me though, because you just said you just said something big. Like um, we found out I was on the autism mm-hmm. spectrum. Tell me the impact of that for you, because that's something I don't think um, was on your bucket list or your checklist of. Nope. If this comes up, this is how we'll handle that um, and how how that went down. Well, okay, I think. I'll, yeah, I'll start here. Um, so, so one of the th- one of the things that early on in our marriage, when we like, I realized was Jason has um, a love for routine, mm. and one of the yeah. things that I realized that <laughs> structure, <laughs> amen. You know? And okay, so when we were dating, we you know we'd go work out together. We we had like our little routines on Sundays. We'd go to church. We'd go grab lunch at this certain place, and. Mm. And it was all, all these routines, and I for like and a few days a week. For a few days a week, yeah. it was always this. It was like this almost uh, scripted. We would oh, follow I loved it. it, and Jason loved it, and he thrived in that. But then, you know, when we were we were married, and I'd be like, "Oh, I just don't really feel like working out today," or, um, "Well, let's switch it up," you know, that kind of thing. There was mm. some resistance there, and honestly, it started to feel like I was letting my husband down. Mm-hmm. Is really what it was. Mm. And, um, you know, through the years, we've always talked about like, oh, the differences between guys and girls and well, guys think this and girls are like this. And, and we had a lot of those conversations where I was like, I don't, I don't think this is just a guys versus girls thing. Like, I think there's something more there. And so we then decided, you know, within the last, what was like year, year and Mm -hmm. a half that we're like. We need we need help with our communication. Like yeah. we want to strengthen this. We want to be better at this. We want we know we have like differences that are just going to be innate. But we had actually taken journey to wholeness together. Yes, and we're like we want that more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And again, that's our achiever in us. That's like we want to be the best. We want to like you know. <laughs> we but really we wanted we wanted more. We wanted to be better. Mm. And so then we started going to counseling. And even in that counseling, we just started realizing like there's just there might be something deeper there yeah. that is that is more than just guys versus girls, more than just right routines. So Waffles how did that and spaghetti <laughs> brain? Yes. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. 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 Waffles Boxes and, and wires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. World Wide Web and compartments. Right. Like yeah. all the different ways we try to 
explain Mm -hmm. what we're experiencing. And yet what I love that you just named there is you had now in your life someone who was fully attuned to you in every way, which then brought you to the place where you could go, hmm, maybe there is something more here. But uh, knowing both of you, you were able to achieve your way through life that no one would notice anything different. They would just go, oh, that's just a quirk. Or, the, yeah. But to have someone who's fully attuned to you in the way that God intended, which then brought you to a place where you could say, maybe there's something deeper we need to look at. So how did that come about? Who brought it up? Well, I think I was kind of new. I, I, felt, I felt like there's something weird and cool about me all at the same time. Yes. <laughs> where people were like, like you're like you so great that. at some of this stuff. I'm like, I know, I like it. And then also like, you're a little awkward in situations like, yeah, I know. And so I feel like being, Abby being the mirror for me really helped. Mm-hmm. And as we went into the couples coaching, I felt like, yeah, there is like, we both want the same thing. We both want intimacy, connection, communication, want to be on the same page. And so even though we had the final destination the same, mm-hmm. God at the center, being happy and building the family, all these things, it was our approach. And I felt like, man, how do I keep missing this? And so as we got deeper into coaching, it, it realized, man, maybe there's something deeper here and something extra because we're both at this together, going after this and it's still a struggle. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's when we we kind of did some tests and got diagnosed and went through another another specialist. And now we're, we're tag teaming again. You know, we got a, mm-hmm. we had a couple couple helpers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, in hearing your story, I'm like, you know, like, I know like 15 guys who like, that's their story. <laughs> right. What was different? What is different about having found out that you're on the mm-hmm. spectrum that would be different from the average guy? Sure. So, I mean, a couple things with that, I would say, I, I definitely, I love routines. And I'm definitely regimented, but it's more of a, if I have an expectation that we're going to meet at this time or we're going to go to this event or we're going to do this devotional together and then it gets thrown off, mm-hmm. I freak out. And well, so you I'm, don't freak out. You just, you, you, you. Yeah, I mean, I freak out, but it, it definitely affects me and I'm like, it, it ruins. I get weirded, not weirded out. I just get, I get uncomfortable because I'm like, well, I was planning on doing this and I was planning on doing this with you and okay. I was already mentally to so go into internally it. you're freaking yeah, out. Yeah. You're having to rewire and reset yeah. everything that you had yeah. in cement maybe. <laughs> yeah. But even still, like I'm so easygoing, go with the flow, but once plans have been made, my mind has already been been regimented into that of, hey, here's what's going to happen. So, and into like, I need to plan ahead. I get thrown off when things are just thrown at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, sometimes I have to plan out my conversations and I have to like think about what I'm going to say as opposed to just coming Coming, uh, coming through. So I mean, it's one thing that it's it it has been a struggle, but also it doesn't really like it, it is a label, and it helps us define something of like realizing okay, that's what it is. So now we can work through it. Mm-hmm. But there was something I want to say is that you know how you mentioned Becky getting through life, like it doesn't doesn't stop me, it doesn't limit me, it doesn't right. define me because it's like the, just because someone has asthma doesn't mean they can't run a marathon. Right. It just means you have to try even harder. You have right. to do extra. So now for us, knowing that, it's like, all right, so here's what's really going on. How can we work? So we have to work even harder at this already tough, you know, marriage. In and, general, yeah. And situation. Right. Here's yeah. an obstacle. 
but there's also opportunity. Always, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I love that you went there because I think, you know, someone could listen to this and go, okay, now uh, Jason is labeled as the poor one now because of this, which is not true because all of us have something. All of us have somewhere we need to work harder on because of our history or our story or our DNA or whatever the case may be. And so I just want, um, as someone who self-labeled herself as a difficult and um, the not good one or, you know, every um, shortcoming that I had or anything that I needed to work a little harder at. Um, and as I said, work harder at, I hear me saying that knowing I'm a full workaholic as well. Uh, when I needed to rest uh, better into something um, that just because in this instance, you have to be, you have to have humility uh, to say, I am poorer in this right now. Um, that doesn't mean that that's your name and that's your label. Yeah. Uh, what it means is that now you have someone right next to you who now knows that as well, who can work with you so that that isn't your poorer. Because the goal is for us to be richer in our lives, regardless of what we have to work on or struggle with. Um, and so for you, Abby, I, I get where like in this place now, you might be tempted maybe to... Um, ease off. Or uh, I know that your, um, we always talk about superpowers and super weaknesses. Like your kryptonite is now you may have felt like you needed to take on more yourself. So talk mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Well, I think that with, which when, when we, when we received the, diag the diagnosis, it honestly, like it was, uh, there was a sense of peace there again and relief, just kind of how like I had felt in terms of like, okay, this is, you know, I mean, we're getting answers, but, um, so it, it gave me relief because previously, like there were times when I felt like I had to control the situation or I had to swoop in and like save an awkward interaction. Yeah. And so like, but really, you know, through receiving this, this, you know, diagnosis or whatever it is, it, it really just gave me answers mm -hmm. and it gave me an opportunity to like, to to give Jason more grace. Not that I, not that I, well, I could give, I think I could always give Jason probably more grace. And really, I think we all could give each other more grace. But this was like, okay, how can I approach this differently knowing the information that I now yes. have? So good. And, um, you know, and also just trusting more, trusting mm -hmm. Jason more and also not trying to control him, not trying to shape him. God has made him who he is for mm -hmm. a reason. Perfect. And, <laughs> and so God says perfect. <laughs> In God's eyes. You are the most humble, Jason Heinrichs. Um, but so like just it just it it gave me an opportunity to just try to step back more because um this is just who he is. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, oh, you're awkward, Jason, or you know, whatever it was. So um this has this has provided a big opportunity for me to try to like very consciously, very intentionally mm -hmm. pull back a little bit and give Jason some more room to be who he is. And it's not that we're not working on stuff together, mm -hmm. but we have had like super intentional conversations about, okay, so what are our boundaries in this situation? Right. You know, and what are our, our boundaries in this situation? And so it's provided like platforms and for us to like really talk through mm -hmm. what makes us feel uncomfortable. Where do we feel confident? I mean, it's people, we, we have talked through stuff that 
most other people probably haven't ever talked through. Right. I think you guys are so uh, intentional in that. And I love that um, in that there is what at the core of any marriage will bring you success is can I honor you and can I respect your dignity? If I can preserve your dignity and bring you honor, then we can walk through anything together um, and having those conversations, like the real conversation. I love how you said, um, what approach can I take differently now? Yeah. Um, and how we talk about, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, but not getting results is insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we tend to do that in our relationships because we we don't understand why is this not working if we're doing all the things on paper and in our checklist that we said we would do and it's not turning out like it should. Sometimes we need a different perspective. Yeah. Sometimes we need that third person to look at it from outside and go, well, have you ever considered this? And then it takes that willingness to now change the way you thought was the appropriate way to handle this and could it be different? And third, to resist the temptation to do it alone because now you are one. And if this is going to work out, if this is something that we're really going to excel at, then we have to continue to work on it as one And yet the temptation for us to turn within ourselves and start asking questions, you know, am I off here? Did I make the wrong decision? Um, Is this all me uh, labeling ourselves, um, relying on ourselves? Uh, So, you know, it speaks to, I I find that normally couples um, who come together, there's a bit of opposites. You're, you two are the most alike that I know in my in my immediate circle. <laughs> wow. And yet I hear you say, because we're so different. And so talk about the differences that you have found to be uh, places that have challenged you that you've had to work through. Where do we start? <laughs> yeah. I feel like our, yeah, again, like we want the same thing, just the different approach. So yeah. for example, you know, for me, I'm uh, Abby loves to do things, uh, take take control and and just get it done on on her own. I'm more of a ask everyone and their mother for help. So like there's things that even for planning for a wedding, you know, I would post on Facebook, hey, who's a good photographer? Hey, who can help out here? And he's like, mm-hmm. don't, we don't, we got it. We'll look it up. Like we got this. <laughs> I, I've already done research. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, yeah. babe. And just that communication of just doing it a uh, different way. We both want a photographer. We both yes. want, you know, uh, things to be great. Yeah. But it's just our approach and mm. about what we feel is not only in our upbringings is okay, but also in my my brain versus mm-hmm. her brain of like what is okay to ask, what's okay to put out there, what's mm. appropriate to share. Mm. And so yeah. a lot of it is just like our our approach. I'm more open and kind of and like whatever. I'm a fool at times, and it just it's just the way it is. Mm. And I'm less likely to be reserved, I'd say, mm. in in being open to things mm-hmm. and where we were just raised differently and I just have a, you know, mm. a different mm-hmm. point. So I'm so curious. You yeah. can see me like leaning yeah. in, right? Yeah. <laughs> so where does that come from? Where do you think that early on you decided, I need to recruit other people into my story if I'm going to do well? Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. I would say, wow. So I just think about my, you just, business background, entrepreneurship mindset, uh, my mindset of you can go um, fast alone, mm. but you can only go far to, together. to together as a team. Mm. And so I think about, you know, even with finances, a big difference is I'm thinking of, all right, who can I hire to save me time and energy? Mm-hmm. And Abby thinks, how can I do this on my own to save money? Mm-hmm. So very different in the, in the financial 
mindset, but I think even even back maybe being isolated, like bullied in seventh grade mm. and being isolated, being teased for being a Christian, mm. um, you know, in college being teased for selling knives, right? Mm. All these things that I felt so isolated and bullied at times, uh, individually and like outnumbered, but when I was with my crew, with my Christians, with my <laughs> with, with with my other nerdy friends in seventh grade, or my right. my other my other coworkers, co yeah, yeah, it's like so much more confidence. Feel like we you know we've arrived. You can say anything you want, but we got a we got a posse right here mm -hmm. that that we can back each other up. Mm -hmm. yep. And there's just so many. I know how many faults I have and how limited I am in my abilities. Not only is God here to help, but also how many great people who are around me who are skilled or way better than me. So I want to get all the knowledge and sometimes it's too much mm -hmm. thinking and gathering information as opposed to just taking action yeah. at times, which does carry into my 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 business world now yeah. even. But I'd say that's what comes to mind, Becky. I question. have a sense that um, you knew that you referred to as your quirks or your oddness or your awkwardness. And I just have uh, the sense that you knew who you were early on. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a name for it. You couldn't have like gone to a medical journal and said, this is no, it. No. And yet you had this um, awareness um, that came from your aloneness. Mm -hmm. And I am unique and different. Mm -hmm. um, there is a great book, uh, I believe it's called um, The Journey of the Gifted Child. And so you can look at, oh, these are challenges that I have to work harder at. And yet there's a gifting in that and that it gave you an awareness early on. Um, but it also came from that aloneness that sounds like you still keep uh, filling and addressing um, mm -hmm. through how you interact with people. And yet, so in that you can go, oh, I'm an alone person. Yeah, but look at how beautifully that has been redeemed and how God gave you the resources to actually um, have a wisdom beyond your knowing that brought you to where you are, but not only brought you to where you are, what brought you to Abby, who yeah. is on the opposite end mm -hmm. yeah. of um, kind of the, yeah, and how you handle things. So talk to me about mm -hmm. that. Why is it that you go to, I need to do this on my own? Because in a marriage, that can really be a challenge in that now you're one and yet your sense is to do things all on your own. And so there is a, a slight untethering or uh, reserving mm -hmm. um, in a marriage that um, we may not realize that we are actually doing in our interactions that can really impact our spouse, um, especially when we don't name it. And there can sometimes like be this distance between us or even the sense of rejection. And yet it's not from you actually rejecting, but really protecting your own heart. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that. Well, I think I've, I'm the oldest child, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, that's definitely carries some impact in, you know, being mom and dad's helper, being the reliable go-to oldest child, um, and then um, being just always very motivated, which is part of my achiever Enneagram number, right? It, wanting to like do the best, wanting to achieve and motivate. And, and I, so it's kind of, I've always been like that. And that kind of like transformed into... Um, you know, taking even like in school, being the the group leader in the group projects, and and so that that though did morph into I can do it all on my own. I can do it. I don't need anyone. I got this. And then when my 
um, my mom passed away, then it was even more. So like, I got this, you know, like we're going to hold the family together. Like we're just going to do it and, I, and I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to charge the way. And, and in, in that, like I think, you know, to some extent, well, neglecting myself, neglecting the fact that there are people around me who care for me and want to help. And so mm-hmm. I still struggle with that cycle of like, I got this, I got this. And I, it's Jason has been, again, that big mirror for me. To basically say like, you don't have to do this all on your own, mm-hmm. you know? And I have, I'm really lucky. I have multiple people around me who do remind me of that. Becky, you remind mm-hmm. me of that. Jason reminds me of that. I've God has, has put these people in my life to remind me of that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, um, you know, with, with Jason, like God has been very purposeful with placing us together because we are so different in our approaches mm-hmm. that, we check each other often. Mm. And so we're able to kind of help bring each other a little bit towards the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, just this week, Jason sent me a, a big long text saying, hey, you know, you're, 30, you're 37 weeks pregnant. Ask for some help. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we are definitely a case of God knew what he was doing. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, I, I, I often talk to young couples who come in and how you guys have been married about five years? Yeah, a little yeah. five years. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, at five years, I think we have these high expectations for ourselves that we're going to have yeah. it all figured out and we've worked everything out. And yet now we're actually getting to the point where now we're actually facing some really deeper issues. It's like um, the layers of the onion. We address the yeah. top ones. and But you know what? Like if I talk to a friend about those, they knew about those. But now we're getting to the ones that we're... We, um, you know, we want to be able to be vulnerable and transparent about some of the deeper underlying um, roots of, you know, here's where this came from. And let me like just uh, identify them for you. Mm -hmm. But you're in the relationship now where you can identify those things and it's not a threat or hurt for each other, mm-hmm. right? Like if I would have told you, uh, you know, I shared this in my story that, you know, I, I withheld a piece of my heart from my husband and I didn't realize I had done it um, until it was kind of brought to light at a marriage conference, which I rolled my eyes at. And I didn't know that that was still there. Um, and I didn't know that that was actually impacting the other person. That When I said I need alone time or um, I, I didn't want to do certain things or, or engage in certain things, you know, together all the time that that felt like a rejection to him in the early years when really once he understood what my fear, my hurt, my script was, what the role that I came into our marriage with that I played in my family of origin that I needed to have a conversation with him about and say, do you need these things for me? And he was like, oh, heck no, you don't have to do that anymore. I'm like, cool, fired. I don't need to actually (laughs) keep that role in our relationship. And yet then there was still the working out of, well, now that's such a habit that I have to rewire myself and I needed his support in that. Now, when I said stuff like, I need some time alone, it wasn't a rejection. He knew that I was actually working on the very thing that we had discussed, but it took some actual um, self uh, awareness and a continued work to be able to identify those things for myself so that I could identify those things for him. So then he could join me now in that, in that now we can have even better conversations about these things that. We didn't even think to even have conversations about because we're in this 
foundation and uh, this place of of safety and attunement and containment. Like I trust you to hold space for me. If it was 20% two years ago, now it's 50%, right? And how that grows and how we're not in a race. I love how you said that we're in this um to go further together. And in marriage is exactly where you can do that. We have all the years ahead of us. I love meeting couples who are at the 60-year mark and the 80-year mark. Mm -hmm. I know one couple at the 80-year mark. I don't know if I'll make it that far just in terms of lives or like years lived, like life expectancy. And yet uh, I go, wow, um, I don't need to hold such pressure on myself when we're at the five-year mark, (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I know that there's all this time ahead of us, that we will work and grow through these things. Um, But the the foundation that we've established up until now um, is what we're working on. I'm not working, we're not working on the building even yet, right? We're working on the foundation still. Um, We're working on the root system so that we can see that growth in the years when it's time for that growth Mm -hmm. and not to judge ourselves today for what we're not seeing above surface. Yeah. I feel like too, you know, we, th- we came into this thinking, oh man, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like we got it. We got all this. We know all the things, right? But, but our trials, our poorer moments have helped us to not only kind of like break our own outer shells a little bit, mm-hmm. like with each other, but it also has helped us to like really focus on the fact that like Jason is not my savior. I'm not his savior. Like we have one savior, it's Jesus. And and that is who we need to rely on the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like really focusing on on keeping our five in order, like with God, ourselves, our spouse, you know, our kids, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But like, I mean, I think our our, uh, coming into it with, with such confidence. I mean, I think again, the, what we the things that we did do was was so important. Yep. But it has been this slow breaking down of pride, you know, ego, all of those things and to become more vulnerable, which I feel like we are we're still we're still doing it. We're still tearing oh, yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. We still are we still are, but it's it's forced us to really rely on um, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. and our community mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just get real. As you're talking, I just think of um, the scripture in Matthew that says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. And that when we're willing to face these things in us that can really just uh, withhold or rob us from the full blessing of a community and a full marriage in which there's uh, just this reciprocal, like give and take it, that's not even mindful. Um, you know, it makes me understand that scripture a little more. Like, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. As I go through, as we walk through this together, we become more like Christ. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say Christ would say that his walk and journey here on earth was easy, right? There are moments of tension and pain points, and we experience those in marriage as well. However, like the bliss and the satisfaction and the assurance and um, the fullness that we also have the potential for, like these moments of uh, your kingdom come on earth, mm-hmm. are often experienced in the context of marriage because we have gone through those moments of where are we poor in spirit? What is it that I can help? Uh, what is it I can face my on my own as I, I realize, but how can I help another person experience that, that as well and then experience that 
perfect relationship, the moments anyway, Mm -hmm. the perfect relationship that God has ordained and invited us into. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, yeah. So I'll leave you with one more scripture because I know as some of you listen, uh, you may be thinking, well, you know, there's some hard things that uh, we're we're in the middle of and I don't know if we're going to make it through. I want to encourage you um, that if it feels like you're at the biggest pressure point that you're almost there, right? It's just like giving birth or um, <laughs> you're crossing a lake. Like when you're in the middle of it, it seems like the shore is far, far away and you're not sure you're going to find uh, right from left, east from west, up from down. And yet you are at the point where you're crossing over and closer to your destination than you were before. And so in these moments, uh, do as Jason and Abby have done. Pray that the Lord would help you um, and encourage you because what you're fighting for is completely worth it. And the scripture I wanted to say is, or point out was this, is 2 Corinthians 7.10. It says, For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. And I think we experience sorrow for the things that are poor in our lives um, with each other, uh, for ourselves, and for each other. And if you can be in those places where you're feeling the tension of that, know that it's bringing you closer to the salvation and the reflection of Jesus. I love that you guys kept bringing up mirror because the mirror isn't that I want you to be more like me or more like my expectations for you, but I want you to be more like the fullness of what God sees in you because I see that too. And that's why I chose you as my spouse. Um, And know that um, that brings you to repentance and it's God's kindness uh, that leads us to repentance. And so if you're um, uh, treating each other with kindness and with dignity and honor um, and you remind yourselves that you're a team and headed in the same direction, um, that you will absolutely get to the destination that you both dreamed of and hoped for when you said, I do. So any closing remarks for for us, um, Jason and Abby? Sure, I'll say... You know, something I listened to a podcast recently, just a reminder is that as you're going through the thick and the thin, you know, we're not perfect. We're still trying to figure everything out. We're going through seasons and even, you know, just trying to do our best. That was something I, I heard them say was, you don't want to try to fix your partner. Even more important, you don't want to fix yourself. Mm. You want to rely on God. Yeah. And so the more I just think I can have the foundation of relying on Jesus and Go to the word and, and and be in prayer with Abby and do do our best. I think like I, I get why the divorce rate is fifty percent. Mm-hmm. I get why there's all the struggles because without Christ, we for sure would be, I mean, uh, a mess, I feel. Mm-hmm. And uh we're we're definitely making progress and doing, I think, a great job of yeah. uh navigating marriage and keeping mm-hmm. Christ at the center. So Yeah. That's, that's what so I got. Good. That's really good. Yeah, I think that, you know, through through our poorer areas, we have come to um, appreciate what, one another's strengths, appreciate what the other one does bring to the table, and, and also just allowed ourselves to recognize the fact that, yeah, and I think this is for everybody, the fact that God gives your spouse certain traits, not only for them, but for you, yes. and to not focus on changing the traits, Mm-hmm. But to focus on appreciating the traits and to, um, like, it's all, like, he weaves everything together for good. Yeah. And that includes the way he wove together your spouse. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thanks. you being on the whole podcast with us. Of course. Of course.
Thanks for joining us for our relationship series. Do you have a question you'd like us to address on the podcast? Email us at becky at j2wholeness.org. The letter J, the number two, wholeness.org. Please rate, review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at j2 underscore wholeness. The Whole Podcast is a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to equip you to face life's challenges. For more information about online resources, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats, visit our website at j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org.